So Jennifer, last time we talked, you told me a story. And today's topic is confidence. So I want you to tell that story you told me about your old motorcycle. That story's in Santa Barbara, by the way. Oh, really? Where really? I saw my first Ducati, it was in, it was on State Street. On State Street, right? And for, for the listeners, this is Jennifer and I, well, I went to college in Santa Barbara, but Jennifer, you used to live down there. Yes. We were blessed and lucky, weren't we? Yeah, Santa Barbara is a beautiful spot to be. Well, and yeah. tell them about a Ducati because it's like Santa Barbara is kind of this thing in people's mind you know it's this perfect place on the coast but so is a ducati motorcycle in a way i mean in a different way right it's very fitting to to see a beautiful italian bike <laughs> in, in, santa, santa in santa barbara okay so you saw it what happened well i saw it and i instantly fell in love which was so weird for me because i didn't grow up with bikes we yeah. never had bikes in our family. How, how old were you when you saw it? 25. 25. Well, that's kind of, I mean, I kind of get it. When you're 25, you sort of rule the world and... and <laughs> or you think you do. Or you think, yeah, you think you do. Um, yeah, so I had, at that point I had ridden on the back of motorcycles. I'd never been the, the driver. Yeah. Anyway, when I saw it, I fell in love and it, it always stayed in my mind. And then about four years later, I moved to Seattle uh -huh. and Seattle actually has a, a Ducati dealership, Okay, which you don't see a ton of Ducati dealerships. Right. And when well, and, I saw and it- Let's tell everybody too, because the Ducati, you know, this Italian bike is a performance bike. This is not like a cruiser. No. So this is little you at 25 or 29 years old. I never thought, I can't even imagine you on, you know, on the, I can't imagine myself on a performance bike. Yeah, this was a race bike. Oh my God. It does have a couple easier cruiser type right, okay, yeah. styles, I guess, where you sit more upright. This is more of that crotch rocket <laughs> performance bike, for sure. That's what I wanted, of course. Right, right. And when I saw that dealership, I it just triggered in me, oh my gosh, this is it. This is, this is a sign that I'm going to get my endorsement let's do it legally i got my motorcycle endorsement and and then i bought the bike and it was it was the most exciting decision i've ever made and also probably the silliest okay wait, wait, wait. what's an endorsement like it's how's that different from an, uh... like a driver's license to to drive okay, okay. and you had never ridden a motorcycle or never operated a motorcycle before I'd never and operated and you got your endorsement you bought the bike okay so now how does what does this have to do with not to what does this have to do with i think i said the topic was confidence but the topic is being anxious like anxiety and speaking or nerves and speaking mm -hmm. what does this have to do with nerves because when i went to go pick up the bike to take it home i had no idea how to ride it i had no idea how to get it home. And that's when it reality hit me 
standing in front of this bike or standing in front of an audience and just having this flood of nervousness, anxiety. Right. What do I do? Right. And right. I had bought it. It was mine. Right. I had to figure it out. And that ties to presenting when you're in front of an audience, it's go time. Right. So the gentleman that sold me the bike, he felt sorry for me, <laughs> I'm sure. And he helped me out a little bit. Anyway, I got the bike home and then <laughs> it was in my garage because again, what do I do with this thing? Right. Isn't that funny? I mean, you got the bike home. It's a little bit like you made it through your first talk and you survived. And didn't that change things for you a little bit? It's like, you go, okay, I can do this. Yes, it gave me it gave me a small boost of confidence. And then I realized the more I ride, the better I will become, the more confident I will feel. And it's the exact same with presenting. Yeah. The yeah. more you put yourself in front of an audience and, and sign up for those presentations or briefings, whatever it is. It, you just, you, you learn every time yeah. you learn. Experience matters. It does. Right? It does. I, I feel, I, I feel, I feel that the, the nervousness, the anxiety, it all come, it stems from fear. Yeah. And when we can increase our confidence, it can help override that fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You on a motorcycle. Crazy. It's crazy for anybody to get on a motorcycle like that, not knowing how to do that. I'm, I'm blown away. I should have bought a used 200 CC piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, now there, there's a time where I was nervous too. It's, it's similar. And I think, I think the, the audience will, you know, may get this metaphor. But when I was a teenager, I would go skiing with my brother a couple times a winter. You know, we live in the San Francisco Bay Area. We'd drive up to or get a ride up to the mountains, the um, Tahoe area. And I was super happy to ski the medium slopes, right? The intermediate stuff. My older brother always found a way to get me to ski an expert slope at least once every time we went and I hated it I'd find myself he coaxed me onto a chairlift and here we go up this mountain I'm like oh god I'm I'm freaking out I'm standing at the top of this huge mountain I'm looking down it's super steep there's moguls you know bumps everywhere there's trees and I'm thinking I am going to die um the truth was you had invested in a motorcycle, so it's you better learn how to ride it. Well, I was at the top of a mountain. The only other way down was to slide down on your butt. And I wasn't about to do that. <laughs> so I had to figure out a way to get down. But what I've learned over the years, what helped me, and I think my brother co coached me a little bit in this, was just focus on the first thing you're going to do. Just focus into the future a few seconds and just try to focus on that. Don't think about, don't leave room in your brain for thinking about the wipeout, the crash on the motorcycle or getting something wrong in a presentation. 
focus on what you're doing in the next few moments. And in skiing, it was, I knew which way I was going to go and I knew where I wanted to make my first turn. And I would just focus on hold that line. And when you do your turn, focus on doing a good turn. And then when you get through that, then you just focus on the next line and the next turn. And you don't get too far ahead of yourself. You know what I mean? I love that image. It's staying present, just staying in the moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's and I think it's more... Which we can't do. Yeah, it's... It, my experience has been, look, it's made skiing more enjoyable, right? Because I don't have room in my mind for a bunch of fearful images of something that that may happen, but probably won't, <laughs> you know, me wiping out. And I'm just enjoying the, the moment I'm in. And the same thing is true in speaking. Instead of turns, though, you might think in terms of sentences. So you go, well, I have to say something in this talk, and I want to focus on the next one, two, maybe three sentences, and I want to nail them. You know, I'm going to be good. And then once you get through that, you focus on the next one, two or three sentences. And instead of worrying about, oh, God, you know, am I going to meet my time? You know, am I going to stay within my time limit? Or what about this part I'm not that sure about? You're just kind of in the moment, which either means you're literally in the present or you're just a couple, you know, milliseconds ahead of yourself in what you want to do. Um, it is wonderful. I enjoy it. I like that. That's, that's a great visual. Yeah. Good. I feel, well, a, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, how would we wrap this up for our listeners? What, what's the biggest takeaway for you to offer our listeners in regard to overcoming nerves and speaking? Would you like for me to give a takeaway around my example or your example? You, oh, you go. You choose. I love it. I, I will always be an advocate around trying to present as much as you possibly can. Yeah. Volunteering, joining a Toastmasters, get, getting that exposure. And I love tying that with what you just mentioned when you're up there in front of that audience, staying present, staying in the moment, focusing on those, on your next two or three sentences versus worrying about, oh my gosh, what questions am I going to be asked yeah. around this piece? Yeah. Yeah. And there's something great about being outside of your head. That's, that's a whole part of the thing. It's like at first, when you're first trying something, of course you're in your head because all you're doing is imagining what it's going to be like. But once you do it, like, okay, I've experienced this. And then when you're in the act of doing it, it's like, I don't need to be in here. I can be out on my listener. I can be focused on my voice. I can be focused on what I'm doing. Um, it's a real gift. I, I think a lot of people, just like you were able to do in riding that motorcycle it's you've got to commit and get over the hump and trust that it's going to get better and better and better yeah and scott what you were saying about staying present staying in the moment i believe your audience can tell when you're doing that also yeah, yeah. oh yeah i think because so too we're more in control of our of our speech and our pace our fillers yeah no i totally agree noticeable 
All right. Well, that's it for today. <laughs> Great job. Bye, everybody.